Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, introduce the guest, man. We have broadcast extraordinaire from ESPN, NFL and Fox, and the UFC. Also co-host of the Ben O'Levy podcast, Miss Megan O'Levy. Megan, how are you doing? Hey, I am so great. I'm like, I feel like I have all this energy now that I'm talking to you guys. So thank you for that very kind intro. <laughs> very no energized. How are things going? How, how are things going? And how is the Ben Levy podcast? Four episodes deep. How, how are you feeling being in the podcast world now? You're so sweet. Um, it's going great. You know, honestly, like I was not super into the idea. Uh, people have kind of suggested it to Joseph and I for a couple of years now. But if you know the two of us, like outside of our work lives, we're pretty like bashful maybe where we we don't really think like people would really care about the other stuff we're doing you know so I don't know we were very hesitant to ever open up our lives or or put ourselves out there on a platform like that just kind of felt weird about it um but finally we were like you know with the pandemic and and just kind of the uncertainty of the world we were like why aren't we doing this at least it's something for us you know a project for us to do together and continue to you know, just kind of be able to expand our reach in different forms of media. And so we did it. And the first three episodes were received so well. It was like, I was so, man, I was so nervous. I was not in, I was not into it. Even when the day we released them last week, I was like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> um, but the fourth one came out today and um, so far so good. And it seems like people like it. So that's all we can ask for. Yeah, what's That's called great. from listening to it, I must say, I do slide into my girl's DMs. Uh, I do indeed. Uh, like, she put up a little workout video. She's mad into the gym and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I, I you know, boost the confidence there. You know, and exactly. I'm also a New York Giants guy. So I love Eli Manning too. Yeah, so you can't go wrong. You know, Eli Manning, uh, he was also the first post-game interview I ever did for the NFL. And, you know, I wore an Eli Manning jersey in college. Like, when they wore this, when they won the Super Bowl, I was wearing an Eli Manning jersey. So then I interviewed him, and he was so kind. Um, I was like, Joe, can we name our firstborn Eli whenever that day happens? Like, he was just so great. So, <laughs> Eli Manning forever. <laughs> the, Man- yeah, the Manning seemed like great guys as well. But, yeah, uh, you know what? Peyton was at the game that, um, that I worked with Eli, and they both were, like, freaking hilarious. You know how they're really funny, and they're, like, great on SNL and in these commercials? They, they were very much like that in real life, besides being giant human beings. Like, they are so huge that it's almost, like, daunting. Um, but they they were great and, like, so, so kind. So nothing but love for them. Obviously, we saw Peyton um, on the field at the Super Bowl. We'll see him in the Hall of Fame, which is super cool. So hopefully Eli gets there soon. <laughs> and then if you were to describe Tom Brady in one sentence after winning his seventh Super Bowl, bling, bling, seven ring, Tell me, how would you describe one sentence? He's a fucking legend. There, like, there we go. There no, we go. that is it. Like. Listen, and like, I have nothing against Tom Brady. And I, you know, I think sometimes when somebody's so great, like Joe and I talked about this a little bit, when somebody's so great or they're so good at their job, even whether it's like a Tom Brady athleticism thing or not, we almost forget how talented they are and how good they are because they make it look easy. Like he made that game look easy against a guy in Patrick Mahomes, who is incredibly talented and the entire chiefs team. So for Tom Brady to just be like, I'm, I'm switching to another city. Listen, two years ago, I was working Buccaneers games, which means they weren't that great. Cause I usually have like the teams that are maybe not the game of the week. Mm. So 
for them to turn around and win a Super Bowl in just two years, um, you know, and to have Tom be like, this is my team and, and take him to the Super Bowl in his first season with, I mean, it's mind blowing. He deserves all the credit and recognition. He puts in the work from what I've heard. He's always been like very great to everybody around him. And like, that's even better when somebody's so talented and then you hear like, Oh, they're a nice guy too. So he deserves like all the praise he's getting. I, I hope for nothing but great things for Tom Brady and he's a UFC fan. So like, selfishly i'm like hey maybe he watches our broadcast too and thinks we're great <laughs> and don't forget not honorable mention to the gronk you know i'm sure you know who i'm sure would love the gronk i'd love to go a night out rob gronkowski me and gian Vellante. i'd say that oh. would be wild <laughs> um 100 we call john like the ufc's gronk like that's like that's been like established for him because they do seem like they are some sort of weird like maybe frat brothers or something right or like yeah. second cousins they're somehow related for sure great comparison <laughs> yeah i love it you also i heard at the end of the super bowl a couple of tom brady's teammates said oh i got one but you got seven he goes no we won together just the way he like passes on just uh just knowledge and it, it's not all about him it's uh it's amazing to see especially with a squad for like with over 50 people it's and he rocks the dad bot as well baz which i love and he rocks the dad <laughs> bot the question is who's gonna, who's gonna be in the in the in the like game longer like tom brady or is dana gonna be in the ufc longer both are just gonna last forever <laughs> it's but, uh, true that's a good but, point they, they're just drinking from the fountain of youth both of them <laughs> That's it. But Megan, like we said off air, but we have to put it in here, right? We said before that myself and Ross were at UFC 217 and Ross ended up winning the competition there. And the thing is, we got to meet you on the red car on, on the purple carpet. And then it's so funny to have met you there. And you were such a nice person to us and so is everyone else who's there. But now to have you on the show as well, it's it's almost come for, full circle, Ross. Yeah, no, it was probably you, uh, what I describe it as like one of the best moments of, of my life. We had Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports uh, on last week. And when we were on the plane over to UFC 217, like George St. Pierre was always my favorite fighter. And I was like delighted I got to see him. And, you know, three title fights on the one card. And it, we were over there and it was like, what's the best thing that could happen? And it was like, oh, maybe we'll bump into a few fighters. And then like the list of fighters we went met just went on and on and on. And like you, you actually probably don't know this, Megan, but we we actually went to TJ Dillashaw's after party afterwards, and um, so it was it was a, a pretty lit a uh, couple of days for us. Not gonna lie, yeah, the TJ not <laughs> mention that no, <laughs> huh? The TJ no. not mention that uh, typical no. TJ. But Megan, before before we get into before we get into everything, obviously like the UFC is back in Vegas, which is amazing. Like a quick question is like you've been to so many events and watched so many fights. Which event has been the one that really really stood out for you? You know, that's a really good question. I think I have sort of a laundry list for many different reasons, but I would probably say the very first, I think UFC 205 at Madison Square Garden. You know, for somebody like me who grew up near Madison Square Garden, uh, watching boxing happen there, I went to hockey games and basketball games and uh, my college plays basketball there sometimes. Um, I to be able to watch our sport get into, you know, the world's most famous arena. And then for me personally, to be a part of that broadcast, you know, I come from, my grandfather was a boxer. Um, his brother, my great uncle was a boxer. I come from a family who wrestled and boxed um, in every generation. And it really felt special. And it felt like, I don't know, I was like representing my family in a place that is, you know, so iconic. And then, you know, to have Connor make history that night and for me to be able to do such a big interview with him and have him, you know, talk about that he was going to become a dad as well. You know, it was just, it just kind of, 
came all together. And that like, you know, I lived in New York City. I went to graduate school there. I went to college right outside of New York City. I, it just was like very, very special for me on, on personal and professional levels that that one is probably my, my, my most memorable um, to date. But I do, I feel like I have a long list. I feel like I should write them out one day. <laughs> yeah, you get to interview everyone. So it must be really hard to be like one thing. And even that picture with Shaquille O'Neal is like just one of the funniest ones going around. So no offense, that's know, offensive. That's just so No, I like didn't know what was happening. So I was like literally on live TV hosting the desk because we had like a quick finish on the prelims. And I my phone was blowing up and I could see it lighting up over there. And I thought, what the I'm on TV. Like I don't know what's happening. So I get off and then I have like a million messages being like, Where are you? Come downstairs. We need you right now. So I like run, literally run downstairs. And I'm like, what's the emergency? They're like, you have to interview Shaq. So Shaq's just standing there. I had no preparation, no <laughs> clue what was going on. So I'm like, hey Shaq, how's it going? I had they didn't have anything for me to stand on. So obviously you see the height discrepancy there, which is massive. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. But uh Megan, let's get into it. UFC 258 this weekend, the Nigerian nightmare, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Dorahino Burns. What do you make of this weekend? And is this the two best welterweights in the division going toe-to-toe? You know what? I am so excited for this weekend. And I really love this matchup. It's one I've been waiting for for a long time. Obviously, we were supposed to see it in July. And then um, Gilbert did uh, come down with COVID. Thankfully, he recovered fine. And we're, we're able to see this fight again. Uh, or this matchup finally come together again. I, I'm really intrigued by it. Um, I think neither of them get maybe as much love and respect uh, as they both deserve for their talents inside the octagon. Um, I, I think when you add in the fact that they used to be teammates, not that there's bad blood because I really don't get the vibe that there is, but just the fact that they, you know, there's these photos of like Kamaru cornering Gilbert and uh, uh, Gilbert holding Kamaru on his shoulders after one of his wins. You know, I just think there's so many layers to it. And when you spar with somebody so many times and you, you know them intimately and, and your training partners for years and years. I think there is something to be said about how you prepare for a fight like that. And on both ends, you know, it's not like one has the advantage over the other in terms of how well they know each other. They both, they've been in there together. So I just think it will be really interesting to see. I think it's a great one for the welterweight division. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, the future of 170 this year and, and what, how that kind of plays out and what path that goes down. But I both, I think that both of these gentlemen are so incredibly talented. I hope the world can see that and continue to really recognize it on Saturday night. Guys, can I just ask a quick question? Is this the first time like two almost like they come across as brothers, like as of like very, very recently? Is this the first time you've seen two guys or girls fighting each other who know each other that well? maybe on the same level as John Jones and uh, Rashad Evans. Like, is there anyone else that's been that close? Well, let's well, Cody and TJ as well. Yeah. And you'd be very close to that, Megan. Well, I mean, I don't think Cody and TJ were as close as maybe people yeah. made them out that's to what, be. That's what I was thinking. Um, I, yeah, John and Rashad. I mean, I know that even like Tisha and Joanna had trained together. Um, not that they spent a ton of time training together, but they were in the same gym atmosphere at American Top Team. Um, you know, off the top of my head, those are kind of the ones that I, I can think about at the moment. Um, but I, I do think that oftentimes fighters know each other 
maybe not in maybe not originally like in the same division but if somebody moves weight classes they they know each other better than we may expect there's so much cross training that goes on especially now with the ufc performance institute you'll see people from all different walks of life come in and train together so i do think um that there's probably a lot more familiarity i can never say that word still from my connor interview but they're more familiar with each other than uh than maybe we would normally think about mm. but uh, yeah, no, I think probably this is the closest in terms of like friendship as well um, that we've seen as of late, at least. I must say, when I was watching DC and Ariel the other day, by the way, I love their show. Um, DC said one of those guys knows who the better one is. He said he knew Cain Velasquez was the better heavyweight, and that's why he moved down to light heavyweight. And he said Rashad Evans knew John Jones is the better guy. Funny enough, I haven't heard much of who is the better guy. I thought at this stage, you might hear some might trickle something out of one of those gyms, who is the better guy. But it looks like we're going to find out fight night. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, though, I did a Q&A yesterday, like a virtual Q&A with Kamaru and Kelvin Gastelum. And at the end of it, I just kind of asked him, like, how do you win? And Kamaru said, like, he, you know, hopefully they prepared and I would love to have, like, a fun battle. But he's like, otherwise, I really see it being a one-sided, very one-sided fight. Um, so that kind of put into my head, you know, maybe he does feel like whatever he took away from their training when they were training, he felt like he was the stronger of the two. But, you know, uh, in terms of preparation, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they both prepared since they do know each other so well and, and motivation. You know, it doesn't really matter who is better in the gym. It matters who's better on Saturday night. And so um, that's, I think, something obviously we're all really looking forward to. And Megan, what does Kamara Usman have to do to get the respect that he deserves? Because I look at him, he's ranked number five on the pound for pound list. He's undefeated in UFC history. Like, maybe bar the Colby Covington fight, I don't remember anyone even taking a round off this guy. And I feel like he's not discussed up there with some of the best to ever do it. What do you think he's missing? That's a really good question. And sometimes I feel like that about lots of different people on our roster. I think some of it has to do with their natural personalities. Maybe they're not as attention seeking as others may be. And, you know, I just, I'm a firm believer in no matter what walk of life you come from, letting the work speak for you. And I think Kamaru is of that thinking as well. I mean, at the end of the day, um, his performances are going to speak for themselves. And so whether whether he does a, a million interviews or none and whether he's out there, you know, looking for the publicity or none, um, I still think it's his fights that speak for him. And, you know, I think that people catch on eventually. I'm not saying that people aren't giving him respect. In no way do I mean that. I just, I think, um, you know, the growth in his in his uh, popularity or his um, his name value, whatever whatever you want to call it, I think all lies in how he performs. And I do think that fight in July was so massive, so many people tuned in yeah. um, that it really maybe changed the tide. And now people are including his name in a lot of conversations he's always deserved to be in. Yeah, well, I was look. I always look at the numbers because uh, uh, I was looking at the embedded numbers, and his numbers are doing better then UFC 256 and UFC 255. Not really fair to compare him to UFC 257. But um, he, he's, right. doing, he's doing some decent numbers this time. And I think it was more I put the narrative on the respect thing there because uh, I went on a bit of a rant on the last podcast saying, like, he, he, Usman's the man. And I yes. think, um, I, and I actually said he was going to win 50-45 across the board. 
And that's no respect, disrespect to Gilbert, Derihino, Burns. But I just feel like Usman is the cream of the crop. And there's no two ways about it. And can I just say what a nice human being he is? Actually, Gilbert as well. They are so kind. And like, I know we often, I, I especially, like always want to acknowledge like the good guys in our sport or around mm. sports. Um, especially because if you don't know the UFC, sometimes you might not understand mm. that, that these men and women are just tremendous individuals. But yeah, Kamaru is like salt of the earth, wonderful human being. And I hope that people know that about him as well, too, because I think it is really important that we also acknowledge, you know, the, the way people go out of um, out of their routines to help others or be there for others. And he's certainly a guy like that. I think I think I was just like from an outsider looking in at Kamaru, like obviously so dominant, as Ross said as well. But like, I think because of the overwhelming fights he wins our decisions and then also his uh, the person he's facing off is always such a big person it's like Tyron Woodley it's also Colby Covington like even Ben Askren calling them Marty this sort of stuff they're sort of slightly taking the piss I think as time goes on eventually when Kamara retires looks back and who he's beaten I think people really put him up, put him up there in the top 10 pound for pound uh, goats potentially yeah I, to- I totally agree with that yeah Meg just when we're just moving on from that as well in the co-main event, we have Macy Barber. She's making a return, coming off a loss. And just taking on Alexa Grasso. This is the co-main event. What do you make of this? And also, Macy Barber, how far do you think she can come? Because you've seen the trajectory of nearly everyone's career. I love this fight. Um, I think they're both... Obviously, we know about Macy Barber's quest to become the youngest champion in UFC history, which she needs to do by early 2022 um, to be able to beat that John Jones record. I love this fight. I am a huge fan of both of these women. I also firsthand know how difficult it is for an athlete to come back from a major injury like that. My own husband suffered a torn ACL, LCL, PCL, and meniscus all at once and had to come back from that. Um, so this is Macy's first fight back. Um, I know that she's you know, been very serious about her rehab, which is which is like the biggest part of it, right? You have to take it as if it's like training for a world title fight. Um, I'm a huge fan of Alexa Grasso. Um, And so I just think, I don't know. I think this is a really fun one. And I'm interested to see because they're both young and they both do have the ability to become world champion. They certainly do. They're very, not just young in age, but young in the sport as well. So I think they're continuing to grow, shape themselves. When you have things like the Performance Institute as a young athlete that you can start to rely on early on in your career, take care of your body, make sure you're cutting weight properly, you know, not like maybe the sport people who didn't have those resources 15 years ago who were unable to get physical therapy when they needed it or, or you know, monitor their metabolism the way they needed it. I, I'm just so interested in this matchup. I think it's going to be a really fun one. Ross, who are you taking for this one? Um, I do fancy Macy Barber in this one, but I must say, like, Alex Grasso, when she first came in from Invicta, you know what I mean? She was the hottest woman prospect on earth but one thing that i find very interesting in this is i don't think there's been two women co-headline or co-main eventing um a pay-per-view this young in their ufc career not named chris cyborg or ronda rousey so ufc is putting the spotlight on these women and this is a massive opportunity for both these women to go out there put on the performance and stake claim for a top five and then maybe a title shot later on in the year so you know big lights on Let's see who can perform under them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Megan, is there any other fights <laughs> in this card that for people 
that don't really know any of the fighters or just one that you're, you're really looking forward to on this card? Well, the fight that immediately precedes the co-main event, I think is so interesting um, between Kelvin Gastelum and Ian Heinish. Um, you know, we know Kelvin as a title contender. We've seen his incredible performances, knocking out guys like Michael Bisping and having that wild five round, like iconic battle with Israel Adesanya. So we, unreal, know, unreal. Yeah, we know of Kelvin's talents and the capabilities. I think Ian Heinish really has this fire in him and you know, I um, I was very fortunate to be able to uh, record a podcast for a new series we're doing where Ian really laid out his entire life story. Yeah, it's an amazing I, life story. It is. Um, I really hope that if you if you want to listen, it's called Becoming a Fighter. It's on the um, UFC Unfiltered page. But to hear his story laid out and the things that he's gone through in his life, I mean, it, you really couldn't even write a movie about it, right? Like it would, you wouldn't believe, you'd be like, okay, this isn't, this isn't realistic. Like you gotta take some of this drama out, but it's his actual life. And when you see somebody like that in our sport, a loss or a setback, that's not gonna hinder them. Like they, oh, that's nothing to them. He was in a Spanish prison for three years and he went to Rikers. Like the guy can bounce back from a loss. And if there's anybody who has, a drive and a dedication and a motivation to become great and to be a champion or to be, you know, the best in their division. I really think it's Ian Heinish. So I'm very interested for this matchup. Um, it's one of my, my favorites on the card. Ross, is there any fights you're looking forward to? Cause I know you were talking about Jim Miller versus Bobby Green, man. Oh, yeah. love yeah. that too. You, can't, oh. you can only have one pig, Megan, right? Okay, well, that's already made mine. Fine. Well, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually very interested in that one as well, Megan, just because Kevin Gaston's coming off three losses for the first time in his career. And then Ian Heinish finally gets his chance to crack that top 10. Um, let's, let's see how that goes. But uh, again, yeah, Jim Miller will set the record um, at UFC 258 for most fights in UFC history. So I'll definitely be uh, cheering on Jim Miller on that one. Also, if he wins, he will have the second most wins in UFC history. Uh, he'll have 22, and Cowboy will have 23. So, um, I mean, also, like, what what lofty number? Like, it's just incredible. A guy from New Jersey. <laughs> Don't worry, Megan. I know that because that was one of the questions I had to answer to win the UFC uh, thing at UFC 217, except at the time it was Bisbing, GSP, and Damian Maya who had the most wins. You're just like an encyclopedia. I love it, man. Uh, Megan, well, I I try my best. Your, you've met your match with Ross. But uh, guys, one fight I am really looking forward to seeing is Ricky Simone and Brian Keller. That's also kicking off the early prelims. But Megan, just before we, we let you go, like UFC is now back in Vegas. I think it's for the next six weeks, is it? TBD, I think. <laughs> okay. But, okay. But like, um, obviously, bar this pay-per-view like what what like one other fight or one or two other fights are you looking forward to seeing in vegas because we have so much lined up and it, it is so exciting and like it's a ma fans dream isn't it oh yeah and like selfishly for all of us who <laughs> work on the shows we live in vegas so it's so nice to be able to drive to and from work and like still see our families and stuff every day um i have got to say this march 6th card is just incredible three title fights my husband is fighting on that card as well you've got dominic cruz making his return there are just so many great matchups um on ufc 259 that i can't it's hard to just pick one i mean we we've got izzy and yan um we've got uh uh Peter Yan versus Aljo. And then we've got Megan versus Amanda. And then, like I said, Joe's fighting that night, which I can't wait to see him get back to the Octagon. Our guy, our guy. 
<laughs> yes. Um, and like, yeah, like I think Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny is actually a very intriguing matchup. Um, I think Drew Dober's on that card. Um, who else? Yeah, is on Thiago that? Santos is fighting uh, Alexander Rakic as well. Yes, they just announced that, right? Well, um, like that card is someone's getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, that card is just a fire card. So I really, I'm like, so I honestly, traditionally, it's very hard for me to look towards future cards because we really want to focus on what's in front of us. And we really want to make sure that we're, we're giving them the attention that they deserve and the effort that they deserve. So yeah, usually it's really hard for me to even, sometimes I won't even know who's fighting the next week and not because I don't care, but because I'm so invested in what's in front of me. But uh, UFC 259 is certainly one I, I, I just can't wait for it. Yeah, I, I, myself and Ross really can't wait to see the UFC 259 countdown as well, Ross, can't we not? Yeah, apparently, yeah, we might feature in it. So uh, hopefully we make the final edit, but it's looking good for us. So uh, that's that's a big feather in our cap. Yeah. But, uh, Bravo, Megan, gentlemen. Megan, ju- just before we, we let you go, because we know you're very busy. Obviously, everything's happened this week, UC258. But uh, we want to thank you very much for coming on the show cause, and taking some time out of your day to, to let us know exactly what's happened this on week. On fight week as well. Yeah, on fight uh-huh. week. Yeah, we thought, yeah, it, was per- we thought it was perfect. But like, thanks a million. Uh, everything you're doing is brilliant. Like we keep seeing the ev- uh, evolution of Megan Levy from uh, from looking up the towering heights of Shaq to hitting the NFL field. You know what I mean? You're doing everything. And uh, shout out to Joe as well. We can't wait to see him back in action as well. Yeah. Thank you. You guys are so sweet. And I just want to give you a shout out because you guys were so nice when we met in New York and it was such a fun time. I know my husband enjoyed it as well. The fact that we all got to hang out and chat with you and you've been nothing but kind ever since. So I will come on this show anytime you ask me. I appreciate your time and effort and all of your knowledge. And uh, yeah, this was fun. I'm actually going to start fighter meetings in a couple of minutes. So Brilliant. I appreciate I appreciate you guys having me on before we yeah. kick off the craziness of fight week and keep doing what you're doing. You guys are killing it. Thanks, Meg. One last thing. We asked Robbie to ask Dana this, so we're going to ask you as well. UFC was meant to come back to Dublin uh, on August the 15th for Darren Till against Robert Whitaker, which turned out to be unbelievable. I know. You were meant to go. Okay, well, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Next we time, the to... points are on us. <laughs> yeah, the points are given us are on us next time, but you have to make sure to ask Dana to sort that out next time. I will. I w- I'm going to say this, though. You guys know that I don't drink, so you're going to have to buy me just like a bunch of sparkling water so that instead of pints, it'll be way cheaper for you. But uh, I will talk to him about it. I was scheduled to go to that show. I was so stoked. It was right by my birthday. I was like, this is going to be the best. I love every time I go to Dublin. I'll see what I can do. We'll do a Ben <laughs> Levy tour. <laughs> yeah joe's never been to ireland um, uh, we have to sort that dublin. out yeah i've been to dublin a couple of times and we were just talking about this he's never been there or to england at all so i'm like we're gonna have to change that well, ireland's yeah, much yeah. better but yeah <laughs> there you go. yeah <laughs> Ross, I know if we wrap things up no guys thanks a million for watching make sure to like share subscribe and as always stay, stay enjoyed. Enjoyed.